All right, this morning I'm going to continue my sermon series that I just started, Big Butts of the Bible. And like you know, like I said, but in the grammatical sense is a conjunction which highlights two opposing ideas. So if you said something and then you put a but there, whatever you say after that is in contrast or opposing to what you just said. So we are looking into scriptures of the Bible where there is a but, where we see that it is important what comes after the but. And this morning we are talking about choose relationships. Last time I talked about choose destiny, how we have a destiny before God and that we have to choose to follow it. Today I'm saying we have to choose relationships. Come on. You and I, we were not made to live in isolation. Now for the last year and a half, right, we had to be basically uh, isolated at home. We were under lockdown for most of the time and we had to stay at home. We were not supposed to go out unless we really had to. So we kind of got used to the idea of being separated from other people, staying at home, not to have so much contact with people around us. But I want you to know that was never God's intention that we would live that way. Now for a season that can be very beneficial. Come on. You had never as much time on your hands like you had the last one and a half years. You never probably spent so much time with your family like you did in the last year and a half. So for a season, we can see it can be beneficial, but we were never created to live in isolation. We were never meant to live alone and do our lives alone. And I am going beyond just family. I'm going that we are always meant to be in relationships. And here's the killer. That became really big to me. When I prepared for this message, the main phrase that came to me and was so big that the Holy Spirit put on my heart is this phrase. If we honor relationships, we honor God. If we honor relationships, we honor God. So if we want to honor God in our life, which I hope and I pray that all of us, we want to bring honor to God. That means if we honor the relationships that we have, if we honor the people that God placed in our life, if we honor those relationships, we are honoring God. Come on, think about that. Very often we think honoring God is by bringing praise and worship to God. Honoring God means reading the Bible and praying every day. Honoring God means going to church and attending cell group and giving our tithes and offerings. And all these things are good. I don't want to belittle any of them. They are all important. They are all good. But you know what? God wants us to flourish in relationships. God wants us to really unfold our life and live together in unity and in relationships. Now just think about that. When God created the heavens and the earth, and then later on in Genesis, he goes on and he says, okay, this is good, and that is good, and all these things are good, but then he came to Adam, and then he said, but it is not good for man to be alone. And he created in 
equal. He created a helper. He created a partner for Adam so that he could live his life to the fullest. Come on, everything was good, but God saw that with Adam there was something missing, and that was a relationship. Now, Adam was always meant to be in relationship with God, but God said, you know what? That is not good enough for him. He needs to have other relationships in his life. And so he created Eve. He created an equal partner and helper for him. Now, Eve was never inferior. Eve and Adam were equally created to be together and in, in being together bring honor to God. So if we honor our relationships, we are honoring God. Amen. Okay, this morning I'm going to go into a portion of scripture that is found in the book of Ruth. And we are basically talking about the first three chapters of the book of Ruth. Now, I'm not going to uh, read the entire three uh, chapters that would take too long, but I am going to summarize the story for those who are not so familiar with it. So in the book of Ruth, it starts with a family. It was the husband, the wife, and two sons. Now, in Israel, there was a famine. So that family decided, we're going to go over to Moab and live there until the famine is over, and then we will come back into Israel. So from Bethlehem, they went to Moab and settled down there. The husband of Naomi died. So she was now a widow. Then the, the sons grew up and then they got married. Now when they got married, everything seemed to be okay again, right? But then also the two sons died. And so it was only Naomi and the two daughters-in-law left. And that was really something I mean, can you imagine how she must have felt first? She, she lost the husband, and then later on she lost two sons, the only two sons that she had. So she was left, and then she heard, finally after 10 years, that now the famine in Israel is over. So she told, to her, she told the two daughter-in-laws, you know what, I'm going to go back to Israel. You stay here with your family. There's nothing more that I can give you. You stay here. But they said, no, 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 we're going to follow you. And she said, no, you stay here. I will go back. So one of the daughter-in-law, she went back to her family, back to her hometown. But Ruth, she said, no, I'm going to follow you wherever you want to go. Wherever you go, I will go. And that leads me to the key verses, the, the, the key scripture today. And that is found in Ruth chapter 1, verse 14 through 17. And there it says, and again, they wept together. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung too tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. And this is where we get the but from, the big but, where it talks about two different phrases or opposing ideas. Naomi told the two, the, the two daughter-in-laws, you know what, you go back home. But then it says right here, 
But Ruth clung to Naomi tightly. She didn't let her go. So instead of going back, what Naomi asked her to do, she said, no, I'm, I'm refusing to give up. I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to go with you wherever you go. This relationship that we have means too much to me. I am not willing to let it go. I am not willing to leave you alone. And of course, that is not where the story ends. So they go back to Bethlehem. And then they got hungry. They had not no food. So Ruth went to the fields to clean after the harvesters. And that is where she met Boaz. And Boaz turned, to be, uh, turned out to be one of the, 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 the relatives of Naomi. And the story progresses. They fell in love and they got married and everything had the happy ending. Amen. Okay. But the thing the but was here that Naomi said go home. But Ruth refused to do it. She refused to leave her, but she clung to her tightly. And we have to have relationships that are very important to us. Come on. I'm not talking about Facebook friends. Come on. You have hundreds of Facebook friends. You have so many contacts and followers on Instagram and TikTok and whatever else you have. But I'm talking about real friends. I'm talking about friendships that matter. I'm talking about relationships that are important to you. Relationships that you can build on. And those we might only have a few, but we have to be willing to fight for them. And like I said at the beginning, if we honor our relationships, we honor God. But there's a few things that are required to have a good, successful relationship. And the very first one that we can see is that relationships require consistency. Relationships require consistency. See what it says in Ruth 1 verse 8 through 10. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back to your mother's home and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husband and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. Now the scripture that we read earlier actually happens right after this. So at this time, Naomi already told the two daughters-in-law, you should go home, but both refused. But after insisting, then later on, Oprah, she went back, but uh, Ruth refused and she clung tightly to her. My point here is, is that any relationship needs consistency. Come on, relationships need consistency. There's, it's no good if one person is uh, at one point is like so close to you. And then all of a sudden, a few weeks later, you don't even know where the person is. You cannot get a hold of the person and the person could not be any more... Uh, anywhere to be found. No relationship demands or requires consistency. If you want to have a meaningful relationship, there needs to be consistency. Not one time you get along and then one time you fight. One time you get along and then you have a fallout again. Or one time everything is going well and then it's a falling out again. That is not a healthy relationship. There has to be a consistency in the relationships that we have. Now, of course, I am not saying that everything has to be all okay all of the time. 
But I am saying that we have to be consistent in putting in the effort and the work to make a relationship successful. Come on, it just won't happen out of nothing. Now, I have an awesome example of a great marriage relationship with my parents. Now, Joanna, she has a great example with Pastor David and Pastor Lifon of how a good, successful marriage should be like. Now, we had both great examples growing up in our life. But if we are not willing to put the work into it and be consistent like our parents were, we cannot expect to have a good marriage like they have. Come on. If we want that we have to emulate it in our life, we have to be consistent and work on the relationship that we have. But now here for all the single peoples out there, I'm not only talking about marriage relationships. I am talking about friendships. I am talking about the relationship that we have with other people. It might be your co-worker. It might be your siblings. It might be your parent and, uh, and daughter or son relationship. It might be just the people that you know in your neighborhood. But the thing is, we have relationship, but the key of a good relationship is consistency. That the person know that they can count on you. Or in reverse, that you know that you can count on the people that are important to you. Consistent, consistency is key. You know what? Uh, many years ago, I started to go to the gym and lift weights. And that time I was still a bit younger, so I wanted to get big and buff. So I, I went through a lot of what bodybuilders had to say. And one thing that came, I came across... Actually, throughout all the articles that I read was that a lot of the bodybuilders said, you know what? Consistency is the key to success. Consistency. You can have the best genetic material, but if you are not consistently training hard and eating right and getting your rest, you will not grow. You will never achieve the physique that you want to have. And in the same way, if we don't put consistent work and effort into our relationship, we will never see the full potential that actually uh, lies within that relationship being established in our life. So we have to be consistent. But also, of course, we want consistency from the other person. We want to have consistency because we know consistency is the key. Amen. I remember growing up in Germany and we had always a big youth camp with all the churches in our state combined. Because our church was quite small, about 120 people. Our youth group was about 20 young people. So instead of organizing just a youth camp for us, we always joined all the other churches for a huge, huge youth camp in the, all the churches from the state. So now there was one church and one youth group And they were always the happening one. They were the ones who were always hip. They were the cool ones. They were the ones who would always win the talent competition, right? That we had on one of the nights. But the thing is, one, one year they would have a huge group and happening and hip and cool. Everything going for them, right? And then next year I would go back again. And then I was looking for the people that I met the year before. 
and they were nowhere to be found. So I talked to the pastor and said, hey, where are the guys from last year? And said, you know what? They are not going to our church anymore. There was no consistency. One time they had a lot of people, then they had not. One time it was like all hyped up, and then all of a sudden there was nothing at all. You know what key to a successful relationship with people and with God is consistency. It is not good enough to be on fire for God right after church camp. And then after two weeks, we go back and we hardly go to church. We never read our Bibles anymore. We don't even pray anymore. One day we are hot for God. And then we get so busy with our life that we totally forget about God. Consistency is key. Now, all that I'm going to talk about talks about all the relationships that we have. Relationship between husband and wife, relationship between friends, and also the relationship that we have with God. So if we want to have a deeper and more meaningful relationship with God, we have to be consistent. Come on, because we know that God is consistent, right? He said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. So what is it dependent on if we are close to God or not? It is if we draw near to him or not. So God is consistent. So the inconsistent one, if there's anyone, it is me. So I have to make sure that I draw closer to God. And then I know that I have a meaningful and deep and relevant relationship with God. But consistency is king. So don't be wishy-washy, not in the relationship with God and not with your friends and not with your spouse and not with your children. Don't be wishy-washy, but be consistent in the relationship that you have. And I can guarantee you that your relationship will benefit from it. Okay, the second thing that any relationship needs is loyalty. Number two, relationships require loyalty. Verse 20 and 21, don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made my life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? Now, this scripture happens when Ruth and Naomi are already back in Bethlehem. And everybody was so excited. Everyone was so happy that uh, finally Naomi came back after 10 years and they were coming to her. And then she said, no, 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 don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara, which means bitterness because God has been so, uh, so against me. Now, just imagine this. Naomi doesn't sound like a very pleasant person right here, right now, right? (laughs) Come on. She was bitter. She was going through a difficult, difficult season in her life. And I, come on, who could blame her? I mean, I can totally understand that she feels the way that she does. First of all, she loses her husband. Now she never asked to lose her husband. I don't think so, at least. But she definitely did not ask to lose her two sons, husband, maybe, I don't know, (laughs) but definitely not the two sons. So she lost everyone that was so important in her life. 
And now she's saying, you know what? I am bitter. You know what? It is not easy to be around bitter people. Correct or not? It is not easy to be around people who are negative all of the time, isn't it? It seems like they're sucked the life right out of you. Come on, the people that we like to hang out with is the ones who are in a good mood, are the ones who show that they care about us, are the ones who are the life of the party, are the ones who can choke and laugh and have a good time. Nobody likes to be around people who are always negative. But in this instance, it is totally understandable why Naomi was bitter like she was. And we cannot hold that against her. Come on. We can understand why she went through the things that she went through and how she felt and how she must have felt at that time. But here's the thing. Meaningful relationships require loyalty. So we need relationships that are loyal. We need people in our life who are willing to put up with us even when we go through a difficult situation, even when we are negative that they don't give up on us. But in return, we have to be people also, friends or spouses who are willing to fight for the relationship that we have, that we are loyal to one another, that we don't give up on one another only because one party is going through a difficult season. We say, oh, mm, that's it. I'm not interested. I don't like this kind of uh, what's going on right here, so I am out of it. Now, if you make a wedding a vow, you will say for good or for worse, in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health. See, if you make that kind of a vow or relationship, you have to be loyal. You have to be willing to fight for one another. And church, can I ask you, be a friend who is loyal. Be a friend who protects one another, who protect their friend, even though there might be rumors going around what that person did and what the person said. Be the friend who is the strength and the anchor in that person's life. I remember when I was about 16 years old, my cousin, she was together with the worship leader uh, of our church, also a young guy. And so we went on a mission trip going to Romania and we stayed there for a week or a week and a half and we helped the church uh, bring up the, the church building. So we did some masonry work, some electrical work and so all we helped there. And then it was time to go back home. But my cousin, she said, you know what, I finished school already. I want to work with the church and among the children of the neighborhood. So she wanted to stay back for a year. And so she did. So the, the boyfriend, the worship leader, they said their goodbyes. <laughs> and then we went back, back to Germany and she stayed in Romania. I mean, I cannot imagine now being a parent, how the parents, my uncle and my auntie must have felt. I mean, that is crazy. But anyway, so <laughs> that's another story. So she stayed down there and we came back. And then the, the month went by and I said, hey, how is the relationship going with you and my cousin? He said, you know what? Actually, I feel that she is pulling away and I kind of feel that she wants to break up with me. And then soon enough, true enough, there was one phone call at night that he got. And then she said, you know what? She wants to uh, uh, take a break. 
And he called me right away and said, you know what, your cousin said this and this. And I said, you know what, we should go to Romania. Pack a bag, tomorrow we leave for Romania. If this relationship means something to you, you have to fight for it. And so I asked my parents, I, <laughs> actually, if I'm honest, I didn't really ask them. I said, mom, dad, you know what? I have to go to Romania. Me and Jacob, we are going tomorrow. And my parents said, you sure or not? Are you safe or not? Okay, okay, you can go. So we went down to Romania and surprised my cousin. My cousin was very impressed by him. And so, you know what? They came back together. She came very soon after that. She came to Germany. Uh, they continued their relationship. They got married. Now they have beautiful children, are living right next door to my parents and have an awesome family right there. Good relationship. See, he had to fight for the relationship. He had to show himself, you know what? I am not willing to give up. I am willing to fight for this. And up to today, they have an awesome relationship. I want you to know this morning, if we want to have good relationship, and I am not only talking about marriage, but if we want to have good, meaningful relationships, we have to be loyal. We have to be willing to fight for one another. We have to be willing to forgive, even though the other person might say something that hurt me. Ouch, come on. Even though the person might say something that I cannot even take and I am so upset. But if the relationship is supposed to survive, I have to show myself loyal. And of course, that is a two-way road, right? It needs work on both parties. If only one is interested, it will not work. But if we are willing to put in the work, if we are willing to put in the effort and are loyal to one another, we can have awesome and great relationships. Amen. Okay, the third thing that we can learn from the story is that every relationship requires honesty. Ruth 2 verse 25 says, Good, Naomi ex exclaimed, Do as he said, my daughter, stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be rest in other fields, but you will be safe with him. See, Naomi took time and gave good advice to Ruth. And that is all that, that relationship. We need someone who can honestly tell us good advice. Now, in this case, if you read the story and you understood, that is what Ruth was interested in anyway, because she kind of liked Boaz already. At least it seems like that. And then and Naomi thought, you know what, there would be a good pair. So uh, she was actually kind of pushing them to be together and gave advice on how Ruth could get Boeth to notice her and later on even get together with him. Here's the thing. She was a person, a friend, who gave good advice. And in this instance, like we just read, said, you know what, you stay with them. If you go in other fields... You don't know what's going to happen. Maybe there will be people harassing you. Maybe you won't even get as much out of it. You stay with him because you will be safe with him. She saw something in Ruth and she saw something in Boaz where she knew maybe later on they will end up together. But good relationships are based on honesty. Come on. Why are a relationship so important? Because very often we have a blind spot. Ever heard about a blind spot? A blind spot is something in your life 
that you don't even know is there. Something that you don't even see that is happening. A character flaw. Maybe an attitude that is not quite correct or good. Or maybe you're doing something that is not right or not good or is harmful for maybe another relationship that you have and your friend sees it. And then a good friend has to have the courage but also the finesse to be able to tell you that there's something wrong in your life. The blind spot. We cannot see it. We are oblivious to it. But the people around us who are close to us are very aware of the shortcomings that we have. Now again, I'm saying this it is, it is a tricky matter because we have to uh, be able to receive honesty, especially if it is something that is spoken where our shortcomings are. Come on. <laughs> can you identify or not? I am sure you can. If somebody says, hey, Stefan, you know what? You have a short temper. You need to work on your temper. It's like, oh, I know, but I don't want other people to know. I don't want other people to tell me that. I know that I am a short-tempered person. I know that I need more patience, but I don't want the people around me to tell me. It is something that I am working on, but where's your butt? See, blind spots. But the beneficial part is if we are willing to listen and receive constructive criticism and we are willing to work and let the Holy Spirit work in us, we can become better people. Come on. And that is what church is all about, that we love each other so much that we say, you know what, I am not willing to just overlook this because it is for your own benefit that you will know the truth. But we have to be wise to tell the truth in a loving way, in a way that people will be receptive, in a way that people can accept the criticism that they are hearing from us. So it takes wisdom on our part, but also courage to bring it up and to confront the person with their shortcomings. But you know what? If we are, and, and again, it's a two-way street. If we are willing to say something, but if we are also willing to take criticism and we work together instead of breaking off the relationship and saying, oh, if that is what you think of me, then you better not spend any time with me. I mean, what are you doing with me? If you think that I am so impatient, then what are you doing being my friend? <laughs> no, we have to be honest, but we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit change us and work in us. And then we can really see our faith grow in our life. Then we can see the character that we have grow in our life. The character flaws and shortcomings that we might have can finally be dealt with. And we can come to a place where we are growing. Come on. But it takes relationships where there is honesty. Come on. Let me encourage you to belong to a care group, to a cell group. If you don't belong to a care group yet, that is where the life of the church really happens in the small groups where you can spend time with one another and talk to one another and pray with each other. But here's the thing also, because you become close, you also open up yourself to be hurt. Come on. Pastor David said on Tuesday night in our Bible study, if you are a warrior with your 
with your armor on. In the battle, you are protected. But when you go home or you go and go home and you take off your armor and be with the people who are close to you, then you're open and you're vulnerable. You are vulnerable so that somebody can hurt you. But that is what it takes. We have to take off our armor and be honest with one another, knowing that they have the best interest in their hearts. Come on. But I also want you to know that we have to be open with one another and let God work in us to become people that he wants and needs us to be. And in small groups where you are vulnerable, where you are seen, where you are recognized, and uh, maybe even you, you, you are willing to bear your heart before others, that is where hurt can really come in. Because people know things about you. And if they say something, that will really cut you. But we have to be willing to say, no, you know what? I take that criticism and I let the Holy Spirit work in me so that I can become a better person. Come on, church. But please, if you say something to somebody else, have love and the best interest of them in your heart as well. Come on, let's just respond to God in prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word that came forth so strongly. And I just ask that you will put something deep in our hearts that we are willing to let you work on our relationships that we have. Father, I want to say, and we want to say that we are willing to be better friends, to be better husbands, better wives, better daughters or sons, that we want to work on our relationships. So help us to be consistent in our life, not up on one day and down another, but let us be consistent and let us find a new loyalty to the friends that we have around us, that we are willing to fight for them, not so easily say, okay, that's it, I'm, I'm done with this. No, Father, we want to have good and meaningful relationships. We also ask that you will help us to be honest with one another, but that you will also help us that we have a tender heart of receiving criticism, that we know how to deal with this and that the Holy Spirit can change us into more mature people of God. Thank you that you are working in us, that you are not done with us, but that you have so much more in store for us. So have your way in our life and have your way in our relationships. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this word has blessed you. You know what? We have friends. And I am so proud of each and every one of you. You know what, before we go over to the MC again, let me just pronounce the blessing of God over your life. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in all your homes. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.